Welcome to episode 5 of Cars Over Coffee with myself, Mark and Bert. Um, the concept of the show is simple. We take a subject about cars, we drink some coffee and once the mug of coffee has gone, the episode ends. We don't get sponsored for the show, but um, a number of you have come and said, you know, we you, you want to know what we're drinking. So this week we're drinking tea Stockwell's for quality and value instant coffee blended and roasted by experts exclusively at Tesco. And, and this is another one of yours, isn't it, Bert? Oh, it is, yeah. 75 pence. So it's a bargain compared to your £3.50 mug of coffee at Starbucks. For 100 grams of coffee. Didn't know Tesco had experts in coffee, but... Well, it's Stockwell's, and apparently they've been making it since 1924. Oh, is that before Tesco even existed? Yeah, around the same time. So Stockwell & Co. provides all the traditional pantry essentials you need to put a good, honest food on the table at the price that's always right. So cheap. Cheap, and this one is certificated by the Rainforest Alliance, which is that, an improvement good. on the little coffee. Well, which... What does that mean? That, that, that do, they don't damage the rainforest? Yes. That's good. Yeah, they good. don't chop down trees to plant coffee. Very good. Very Yeah, very good. It doesn't say where the coffee's from. So we're drinking it with like a creamy milk. Yeah. It, it looks it looks wise. It looks it's, dark. Yeah, it's very dark and it's not very appealing to be honest. I can't work out if it tastes of anything. Well, it, it tastes like coffee, so that's a plus. Like a really weak coffee. Do you think? Yeah, I think so. It's got a very bitter aftertaste, I think. Um, but apart from that, it tastes like every other coffee I've ever drank. It's it's a staple. Your, your face it's says a bit otherwise. Yeah, yeah. It, it's basically the sweepings off the floor of the factory. Which... It's like a Kia. Well, a Kia Sportage. Yeah, Kia Sportage. Sportage, yes. Yeah, this is a, the Kia Sportage of coffees, which... It looks does good job. value, does his yeah. job, but actually isn't isn't that dull. exciting. The label makes it look like you're buying something that's traditionally handcrafted by by um coffee artisans. Coffee artisans when in, in, in effect it's probably just mass produced in, in through somewhere in Brazil to find this yeah. rare coffee bean. That's it. A bit like Kia pretend that they're a really good car company. Yes, but really they're just South Korean. Yeah. So there we go, that's Stockwells. If you've got any suggestions for us to drink let us know um, by, you can contact us on Instagram. Um, I'm with Plough with Wheels, and that's the British spelling of Plough. And Jane, um, Bert is um, Bert's Classic... Autos. Bert's Classic Autos. Or the, the, the handle is Bertie's Classic Autos. There you go. And and they are true classics, not your uh, Ferraris and Lamborghinis. You've, you've got a Rover on there, haven't you? The first, the first post was a Rover. I think it was a Rover 200. And that brings us nicely on to today's topic, which is lost British car marks. And it'll be, you know, if you, if you don't know a lot about British 
cars, there are hundreds of car brands. Yes, there um, is. Yeah. Quite a few. The, well, there's too many, really, to discuss all in one. I've, I've picked a few of my favourites, to be honest. So I think I think this episode is going to be split over two parts, with two different types of coffee. But um, basically, for those that don't know, um, the British car industry was huge. After, Absolutely massive. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of smaller producers that would make cars um, in sheds in the 1920s and 30s and after the Second World War. A lot of them were bought up and became part of bigger and bigger companies. Mm. Um, there was a tie-up between Often and Morris, um, which were the two biggest car manufacturers, um, and they created the British Motor Corporation, which is BMC. BMC then in turn merged with Jaguar cars later on in the in 1966, and then... The company merged with Leyland Motor Corporation, which again was a number of different car brands such as Standard Triumph, um, Leyland Vans, mm. Leyland Buses, um, and they became the British Leyland Motor Corporation, which was nationalised. So the government in the late 60s, early 70s ended up owning the company and it carried on till about the 1980s where hmm. where they where where it was then broken up by the government and sold on into different marks yes margaret thatcher yeah um because it it the british leyland is a side joke for for crap quality in cars if you if you had a british leyland cars a car from the late 70s and early 80s they were terribly unreliable different the same company were making different engines for different models, oh, which then competed yeah. with itself. And all over the, the bloody world. Yeah, so you had the instance of an MG midget being in competition with a Triumph Spitfire. That's it, yeah. Even though they were the same company. They had different engines, different um, components, different dealerships. So the company was competing against itself, which made it incredibly uncompetitive. And that wasn't just at the end of British Leyland, but that was even in the, the British Motor Corporation days, to the point where they were making a loss on some of their models because they were competing against themselves. Yes. So They, they did dis- make the decision as well to stop producing the Mini in Britain and to make it in Italy instead. Yeah. Which, which was terrible, really, because the Mini at that time, it was all about cool Britannia, the 60s and the Mini. Yeah, so you, you, you had the situation where an Austin Westminster was sold at a loss in the 60s as £17. So they were actively selling cars at a loss, which is totally and utterly insane, which then, end, which then ended up with the company being broken up because the taxpayer kept propping it propping it up yeah that's um, that's always the issue it when it comes to government running private enterprises it was more of a publicity stunt i mean they hired two hundred and fifty thousand people hmm. so that was great for jobs but what they were producing was no good in fact i believe after volkswagen the second biggest european car manufacturer yeah in the world so you can look up british motor corporation on youtube and you can find some really amusing documentaries from the time about how wonderful the cars are um, yes yeah. 17 pounds by the way in today's money is 300 quid so for every morris westman state they were losing 300 pounds uh, the morris minor they ended up scrapping because they were losing 
money on that one because that was competing with the Mini. Oh, but that reminds me, I, I have to give a special mention here um, because I, I do know that British Leyland took a bold step forward and thought, why don't we get the Rover and uh, make it into a Ferrari? Really? Yes. With, with what car? What, it was what called more? the Ferrari, sorry, the Ferrari. It was called the Rover SD1 in 1976, and it was based on the Ferrari Detona. Wow, <laughs> sounds exotic. Oh, yes, it, it was a fantastic car, actually. Um, Did it come in Rover Brown? It only came in Rover Brown, probably. <laughs> and um, it was a lightweight car, V8. Well engineered, actually, people said at the time. The and Rover was... V8 is considered one of the best V8s. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're not Rover, but they do have good things, yeah. And it was a fresh executive car. The only thing that let it down, unfortunately, was it couldn't compete on quality. And I suppose, with a Ferrari. With a Ferrari. So I suppose if you've got the money, you'll you go for the Ferrari. Ferrari every time. Were they the same price? I'm not sure, because I couldn't find the price out. I doubt it. I, I they probably sold it. So. They probably they, sold yeah, it they, at a loss. They, they probably sold it at like three thousand pound loss or something. And obviously, uh, so that was quite ambitious of them. Um, and also, a reason that I kind of hate uh, a bit this company is because they're the ones that started the SUV craze off. Were they? Mm. They were the first, one of the first things they did was to take a Land Rover, put it with a Range Rover and go for that 4x4 drive anywhere with the elegance of the Range Rover. So they created a sort of SUV. You could drive it anywhere you wanted into town and it was a bit more luxurious. Well, that shows why British Leyland was truly an awful creation. (laughs) If it spawned a weird devil child, an SUV craze. They did make some very exciting cars. They did. Some iconic cars. Jaguar E-Type, Austin Healy's... Stag, Triumph. Triumph Stag, which is interesting. That's a V8. So the Triumph Stag, and this shows how mad the company was, Triumph Stag was going to have the Rover V8 in, but really reliable V8 engine developed by Rover in the same company. Different, different department. But the... Engineers in the Triumph sector decided to make their own V8. They bolted together two engines and thought, that'll do, that'll be all right. <laughs> and we'll export it to America, because the Triumph stands like a British muscle car. And it went to America, and they didn't upgrade the radiators and the cooling systems. So then the V8 basically kept blowing up. Which oh made made the Triumph Stagger awful, awful, an awful car in reliability. Not like Stunning car any... to look at. Oh yeah, it's beautiful car. But terrible beautiful. car in reliability. Yeah, you can get them now, and they're much improved because people have put up upgraded cooling systems, like they should have done in the va- in in the factory. But the fact is, Triumph developed that great expense of V eight that didn't work when they could have had. Yeah. The shell off the shelf, a fantastic V eight that would have made that car a, a well, massive what success. What's my mind about the whole thing is in nineteen seventy they decided let's go and send a muscle car to America because America didn't have enough muscle cars to compete with there. No, there wasn't the Mustang or anything. You know, you know, fantastic idea. Yeah, they wanted to take part of the American <laughs> market for the British for the British sector. Because I think I read somewhere that America from the fifties. 
onwards accounted for about 80% of production of cars. Yeah. So it wasn't a saturated market either, was it? <laughs> no, it was a sound business decision <laughs> yeah. by the executives of it does make you the British Leyland. It was government, like government run, basically. So who was making all the decisions, really? And they wasted money, didn't they? They did have a car called the Leyland P76. Um, it looks nice enough, but that's about that's all I know about it. Because I did wonder, did they ever brand a car after the company? And there was the Leyland P76. Well, Leyland Vans. Yes, they yeah. did make other things because, like Vans. Yeah, Le- that, Le- yeah. The, the British Motor Corporation, or BL, which British Leyland, you can use the two terms interchangeably. They made everything from cars, car-based vans, light vans, taxi cabs, light lorries, agricultural vehicles, government vehicles, tractors... In the end, BMC, the brand British Motor Corporation, was bought by a Turkish commercial vehicle builder, which yeah. originally, which also bought the designs for the vans from nineteen fifties. Okay. And then they restarted started to create nineteen fifty styles of vans in in Turkey under the brand BMC in two thousand and two. Really, mm. I kind of admire that. I think it depends the, I how think, much they are. Well, I think in part two. Because we've got some of the car, actual cars to talk about, we should talk about what happened to the brands. Because yes, that might I, be quite I have, interesting. I have looked at this as well, so that will be interesting. So, what what cars have you got from from the the lost marks, which you particularly admire? So, I enjoyed that talk. It was a lot more in depth of the actual companies, uh, whereas I've looked at the company, but more through a certain model of car. So, my first choice is Jensen Motors. I could give you a big background on it, but I won't do that because it's a bit boring. But it was ran by the brothers Jensen from West Brom. Um, same thing, developing things. I think they started off making bodies for other vehicles. Uh, they made all sorts of bodies, tractors and so forth. But it was cars where they excelled. Um, and it always actually... I'm so confused to why it is a lost British brand. Because if you look at the cars they developed, there's some stunning examples the Jensen Interceptor. This is my favourite one, yeah, yeah. Jensen Interceptor. The name alone is... Well, that's it. Fantastic. And I, I thought anyone who knows the Jensen brand will know they're cool. They look cool. They sound cool. But the name alone, Jensen Interceptor, is uber cool. And I don't know really where it went wrong, but I have a few ideas. And um, I believe... It was because where they placed the car, where they placed the car, and I don't think the public was ready for for such a car at the same time. Because it was a gorgeous car, it had a six litre engine, V6, and it could be pushed, this two ton beauty could be pushed to speeds of 140 miles per hour. So, yeah, it was fast. It was fast. But Jensen Motors considered them in the same competition as the E-Type Jag. Uh, anything that was Rolls Royce and the Mercedes SLC. So they 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 aimed at the wrong, yes. the high end of the market. I, I, I get maybe because of costs and that getting a car like you were getting with Jensen, it made more sense. But when you look at say like Mercedes, they were well known for their performance. Mm. Rolls Royce, super luxurious, mm. a bit gaudy sometimes, and. Um, yeah, so who is the market? Also, Jensen Motors, they didn't have 
movie stars wanting them like they did the E-Type Jag. Mm. So Jaguar, the E-Type, the Rolls, the Mercedes, these were like internationally known cars. The Jensen Interceptor didn't have that demand yet. Mm. And I think this is where they struggle to like get their they've, money they've back. They've come back. You can. There's a company reproducing them at great expense. Mm. About five, ten years ago, you couldn't. You could pick one up on the classic car market for about five to ten grand. Yeah. In reasonable condition, but would need work. Now you can't get oh, one no, for yeah. under eighty grand. Yeah, you're right. I looped. I looped this yesterday. In five. In Flat ten to five smart, years. Bit smart and see if we could get one. And that's like eighty grand. It's more than my house. <laughs> it's, it's more than a second-hand modern Aston Martin. It's yeah. a Jensen Interceptor. And then, um, so Jensen decided to go one step further and had and created the Jensen FF edition, which was basically the Interceptor but modified. Uh, the FF, and I, I don't know this off the top of my head. Um, it's to do with the, the person who added all the extra designs on. It was slightly longer. It looks a bit more like an E-Type at the front. Uh-huh. But apart from that, it's the Interceptor. With even more modern little perks of it, you could pick up the lift up the rear windscreen, and it's like a boot. So it's a bit like oh, a wow. hatchback in the yeah. 70s. Yeah. It had all sorts of amazing things to do with it, but again, it wasn't well received, really. The public didn't know what they were looking at. And as you said, there is some classics that are coming back now. Mm. Um, but there's been rumours for around 50 years now that we're going to see proper production start again. It's never happened. There was a moment where Liverpool Council, with 10 million investment, tried to start it back up in Liverpool. Uh, all that really happened is it fell to shreds. The prototypes were terrible. They got pre-orders, about 100 pre-orders, but they wanted 3,000 pre-orders. So, so what happened was we had a huge monolithic car company owned by the government, which didn't work, <laughs> yeah. which made terrible cars in the end. They made some good cars at the start, but at the end they made awful cars like the Austin Princess and, and other dreadful dreadful cars, Morris Marina. And then it was broken up. The, bad, the, the car marks that had got a bad reputation disappeared, which we'll talk about in the next show. A number of the really good high-end ones like the Jensen one was then re-resurrected by... Council. By the government. A council. That's it. It's even worse than the government, really. Can you imagine the so, council? So basically, they learnt nothing. <laughs> no, they no, had no, it goes in circles, it. doesn't it? Complete. So it's the British way, I think, to be honest. And um, and what made me cry yesterday, or nearly cry? I would love to be in that council meeting. <laughs> no. What oh, What oh, are oh. the plans? Oh, we're going to oh, buy <laughs> yeah. the Jensen brand, oh, and we're going to make cars because we're so good at everything else we do. <laughs> we'll have because it's Liverpool council, so they probably want. Wanted the the hammer and sickle on it as well. Um, I, I imagine the comrades thought it'd be a fantastic idea. They could go back to Soviet Russia and, and we're, we're not going to call it the Interceptor Two. We're going to call it the Jensen Comrade. <laughs> yes, and it's going to be wonderful. We're going to make it in in, in Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. We want three thousand pre-orders, and it it never. And happened. I must say, if I was the council in Liverpool, I'd think, what could we do? And I'd think. A pit crew. In fact, I think Red Bull get their pit crew from there because I've heard that people in Liverpool can remove your Cadillac converter in 30 seconds flat. Um, but what really made me cry was I saw a picture of, oh God, it was a Jensen Interceptor, but the electric version. And I hope to God... Electric version. Electric version. A new version. one, a new... It's, it's just a rumour. I don't know where the picture's from. And I hope to God that... Um, that does not happen, and that that's not on the cards. In fact, 
burn the card that it's on, put it on a SpaceX rocket and fire it off into space because I don't want the Jensen Interceptor to become some kind of hippie's wet dream when at last the Jensen Interceptor is getting the recognition it deserves. Well, the the Jensen Interceptor was, does exist again now. Oh, no. it's, it's the Jensen International... Oh, that's that looks all right, actually. Yeah, these are basically the same design in a modern car, which are bespoke made. And you can configure it online, but they are that is like, nice. Uh, it's an insane amount, huge, huge amount of money. Kind of the I same issue they had back in the past. You could get a Jensen for this price or a Porsche. Hmm. The the other problem they have these the these new companies that are coming back to recreate essentially a classic car is because it's a new car the dvla which is the government body in the in the uk that regulates driver's licenses registrations car manufacturers and everything else car terrorists um, the drive the driving vehicles license license agency the dvla are saying you can't make a car today using the safety specs from the 70s because mm. it's a new car yeah. So you can't you can't have it both ways. You can't say it's a new car and not then do the safety thing. So a lot of these companies, the same with the the, the Eagle, which is a company that's kind of recreated a mod a, a classic E-type Jag, mm. which is more money than an E-type Jag. So I ne- can never <laughs> yeah. understand that. Why would you have an Eagle when you could buy the real thing for half and the I price? Think this is the, a lot of what people asked with the Jensen when it. When it originally came out, yeah, um, I get the Jensen where you could buy an E Type or a Rolls yeah. Royce. And... Um, so this doesn't actually tell us how much how much the car is if if you buy it. But they do have a huge problem because they're trying to recreate a car without having modern safety standards, and the DVLA is saying you can't do that anymore. Well, with all the traffic jams, do you really need any safety anymore? You don't move. You spend more time stationary in a car than you would walking now. Oh dear! It's the way of the world. It is. But I, I think, I think buying a modern Jensen made by by this company probably would cost you more than buying the original thing. Anyway. I think, like I say, the original. I've seen a few for eighty thousand. Mm. Um, and again, you do have the issue of well, you could get an E E type Jag. Yeah, for for the same money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everyone know, knows what an E type is. Not many people know what a Jensen Interceptor exactly. is. Exactly, especially if you are like fifty fifty because. Part of, I suppose part of it, it's not really for me, but part of it with cars is you do want people to look and say, oh, he's got a neat type jack. Mm-hmm. You, you won't get that with a Jensen. You might get a few people saying, that car's different. Mm. They probably won't guess it was worth the same as a neat type jack, though. No. And another from the Jensen Interceptor, it did look a bit like a Ford Mustang mixed with a Jaguar E-Type. Yes, with the with the grill, mm. the long bonnet for the E-Type, yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. So people are thinking, well, Ford Mustang was a lot cheaper than a Jaguar mm. E-Type in them days. And they still are in the UK. You can buy a, buy a, a Ford, an original oh, yeah, Ford Mustang, Mustang for 40, 40 grand. Yeah. The only problem is it's left and drive. Yeah, they all, most of them are, aren't well, they? Well, because the they Mustang. only ever made left and drive cars. Mm. You can't buy right and other than a modern Mustang. Can't buy ones, a, I, a right. I suppose if you buy a brand new Mustang, you can get it. Yeah, right and drive, but you can't. But if you want to buy like a three year old, have to one, be yeah, left. left left and drive. I yeah. mean, you could convert a classic, but it'd be a lot of work, and I suppose some purists would say it's not original because Americans drive on the wrong side of the road. Um, I finished my coffee, which is an improvement from the 
Don't say the, the coffee the, and the raspberry. white chocolate. That one was nice. The white raspberry and white chocolate was terrible. We didn't have one listener that said they drink it at home. So it's a smart listener. Yeah, you've got you've got more than more than just you buy buy buys that brand. And I bet the the American listeners don't even know what Lidl is. Do no, Lidl is a German supermarket which offers incredibly good value. Lidl, you can send the endorsement check to Plow with Wheels. Yes. Happily, happily take sponsorship for this show. Yes, yeah. If you want to send us some nice suits or something, that'd be cool. Little, I don't think they do suits. They probably will. Suits. <laughs> <laughs> like, the cheapest suit, super, known super to shiny. Man. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> really itchy after you yeah, iron it, and it's just <laughs> super shiny after that. It won't surprise me if one day Little don't sell suits. To be honest, probably Hugo Boss or cars. Maybe, maybe a little, a little car. Yeah, yellow. It has to be one color, the same color as Little. Yellow. I was in another yellow sort and of little one. I think it was Home Bargains. It's called. They were selling at Christmas Christmas jumpers of the Home Bargain brand. I've seen that. I've seen people wear them. Oh God! I know it makes you despair. This country's going to the dogs. It really is. Yeah. If they get into their SUV Nissan Juke and yes. drive yellow Nissan Juke, all the same. Off. Every car is the same nowadays. <laughs> I, when I went to get this coffee at Tesco. I sat in my car for a bit, and all the cars that came past looked the same with different badges on. Yeah. So frustrating. It's just frustrating. It is. It is. Well, join us in part two of this, where we're going to go through some of the brands, because this kind of became a Jensen Interceptor episode, which is worthwhile, because it's an it's a, it's yeah. a interesting car. It's a cool car. And then we're going to go through the brands, and we're going to tell you what happened to them. Where did they end up? Who owns them now? Could you even buy them? So join us, join us next week for part two of, of um, British Lost Car Brands. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe, share, follow us on, on Instagram at Plow With Wheels, Cars Over Coffee, or Bert's, Bertie's Classic Autos. Bertie's Classic Autos. Bertie Classic Autos. Yeah, I even managed to, because I messed around with the icons, I spelt my name wrong on one of them. <laughs> I can't be bothered to change it, so I've just left it on there. If you spot it, give it a like and um, tune in next week.